Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. This program is brought to you by ParcelBear. ParcelBear is the first eco-friendly courier service in the metro. They use recycled papers for their packages and deliver the next day. But they are more than just a courier service. ParcelBear envisions their service to be the most friendly and trustworthy in the industry. For more information, visit www.weparcelbear.com. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast, stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Leah Angela Shoko. Merry Christmas! I hope you're all having a wonderful celebration. This week's essay is a wonderful present in itself because of the warmth, the candor, and the nuggets of wisdom that the writer shared. My favorite piece of advice? Smile often, frown less. Without further ado, here is Vicente Belan's Christmas Wishes. I wasn't sure what to write about until I realized that Christmas was fast approaching. Well, I have a few wishes for this season. Before I turn a year older in April, let me take this opportunity to renew my life. Each year, I would wish for material gifts during Christmas. I thought these were enough for happiness, but I have realized that real happiness can be provided by new clothes, high-tech gadgets, fat bank accounts, and the other tangible and earthly things that we enjoy. Now I want to be rid of the glitz of material things and embrace a better version of myself. I guess it's high time I wish for something that would make my life better and more meaningful next year. Perhaps. Some of these wishes are yours too. I wish I could dwell on peace. I believe this encompasses everything. At peace, I will be a wellspring of positivity. Real peace comes from knowing that we are at peace with ourselves amid pressure and violence. In this seemingly fractured nation, what we need is a tight grip on our quest for peace. But it can only be possible if we have peace within us. In order to share peace with the world, we must start within ourselves. Peace be with you all. Love again despite the ache. Isn't it beautiful to have someone in your life who accepts you for who you are and what you have become? Someone who makes you feel alive again after a few heartbreaks in the past. I have experienced unrequited love, but this doesn't mean that I'm giving up on love. They say that love is beautiful the second time around, that when the second time comes, there's no turning back. It's now our time to allow love's magic to overrule our being. Let's love for we are genetically engineered to fall in love. But remember to love for the sake of loving and not for what we can get out of the relationship. Getting hurt in the process of loving is normal. Our pain measures how much we have loved. Dream big. 
I am a dreamer. That's why I never let my dreams slip through my fingers. This year, I had shattered dreams and broken spirit, but I learned from all my experiences. Our world is a battlefield of dreams where each of us is entitled to dream. When dreaming, let's always wear courage as our badge. Life will throw big punches at us, but we must be sufficiently courageous to face the odds. When we fail, let's pause a while and bounce back higher. When we're tired, let's rest for a moment but never quit. Quitting is never an option. Teach more and touch lives. Teaching is my first love. I teach to touch lives and that's essentially what I've learned from my eight years of teaching. There are moments that I get jaded with my students' behavior, but it doesn't dampen my passion to teach. I wish for strong loyalty to my profession so I can inspire more lives. As God creations, we are cut out to radiate goodness to other people. Our little acts of kindness can light up a village. Smile often, frown less. Many things have happened to me in the past few months. I thought I wouldn't be able to etch a smile. As I went on my journey, I found smiling a bomb to my woes and frustrations. There's this saying, use your smile to change the world, but never let the world change your smile. Whenever the world seems too harsh, let's never forget to smile. Frowning can never do good to us, and it will just leave us with a heavy heart and unwanted wrinkles. Go out and make friends. I used to confine myself to only a particular group of people. I never reached out and made friends with others. But things went differently when I joined an NGO in Iloilo City. I was able to broaden my horizon and I promised to make more friends in the coming years. Life starts when we open up to others. We shouldn't be too dependent on others, but let's find ways to gain more friends. The world offers a cornucopia of opportunities for us to grow and nourish our social life. Let go and be happy. happy. I wish to let go of my past. There were bad things and people in the past that blocked my capacity to be happy, so I want to be to let go of them. I would like the past to be just a distant memory. I deserve to be happy. When we always dwell in our past, we fail to see the beautiful things in store for us. What we can do now is mend our broken soul, let go, and move forward. Everyone deserves to be happy. Be with people and not be too imposing. What I've learned is that people will hate you or love you for no apparent reason. I want to be with people, but I should be with those who accept me no matter what happens. When we impose ourselves on others, we become a monster inside. We will end up feigning our true personality just to please them. We begin to behave differently and realize that we're not showing our true selves. Real friends will stick with us and accept us for who and what we are. So, be with those who love you through thick and thin. Remember, we can please everyone. Grow more in love with family. It is for my family that I gather strength and inspiration, but I valued them less this year. I wish I could have more time with my parents and siblings. Though we don't live together, I would like to reconnect with them even in my hectic schedule. The family is the sunshine that lightens up our day. 
when we encounter trials in our journey toward our aspirations, our family members comfort us. They give us a pat on the back when we do something great. They offer their shoulder to lean on when things go wrong. They help solve our problems. They are the ones who love us despite our imperfections and shortcomings. Pray more, worry less. God is our creator and redeemer. Even though we have fallen short of his expectations, he still forgives and loves us in countless ways. He has been our great provider and bestows on us innumerable blessings in life. I fervently prayed for his divine intervention that I will be able to live up to his teachings this Christmas and the years to come. Before December 25, I wish for happiness and longevity that I could be more inspired to live this life more meaningfully each day. I wish these thoughts had wings to reach the heavens. Let me renew my life so I will be welcoming Christ with renewed heart and spirit. Merry Christmas! Vicente's essay was published last December 18, 2016. Today, he joins me to talk about his passion for teaching and writing, how life has been for him, and, as you might have guessed, his new set of Christmas wishes. Hello and Merry Christmas! First off, welcome to the Youngblood Podcast, Sir Vicente. How are you? I'm good and thank you for inviting me. Honestly, I hesitated at first because I'm typically shy and I'm not used to mm-hmm. being interviewed. And I'm, I'm glad that you, you made that brave and bold decision. So thank you once again. So I love your essay. It sounds like self-help and very enlightening essay that I usually see on books like Chicken Soup for the Soul or Robert um. Fulcombe's very funny but helpful book. So I, I really wanted to get that out. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of your very informative and fun and enlightening essay. And I'm excited to discuss that with you. But before we head on to that, I want to ask you an icebreaker question. Who or what makes you laugh the most? Uh, right now, I couldn't think of anyone who makes me laugh. But I thank myself because I laugh <laughs> at my own stupidity and mistakes. But if uh, you're going to ask me what makes me laugh, I think my dog. Because I have a dog here. Oh. And I, his, she's so marvelous. So I'm a dog person too. And if I were asked the same question, I would answer the same thing. My dog makes me laugh the most for sure. It was actually my first time to have a dog. It's a mixed breed, a terrier and shih tzu. And she's two months old. How about your dog? What a coincidence. My dog right now is my first dog too. And he's an American bully. Wow. And I don't know if you've seen one, but if you'd seen one on the pictures, or if you can imagine, they have like the widest smiles. And every time I see him, and he does it all the time, I just break out in laughter. And even if he, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like you can agree. Like even when they make mistakes or make these funny, annoying things that other people who don't own them or don't know them think is annoying, like you're just gonna laugh. I'm glad, I'm glad we share that same thing in yes. common. I wanna now hop into your writing process, your journey into becoming a writer. And the teacher perhaps what is your story okay. your young blood story it was actually in the month of november that i got frustrated because i was not able to represent asia in the world public speaking competition in canada because my visa was denied twice so during that time i, I wasn't in speaking terms with anyone then i thought of writing for young blood because it has been my dream to publish one article for young blood and i wrote three articles 
about teaching life in the province and the Christmas wishes, then I sent them to PDI because as what I've said, it has been my college dream to be published in Youngblood. I wrote, I think, Christmas wishes because I really want to dwell on what is really essential in life. Uh, you know, material things give us fleeting happiness, but the love of friends and garden family is actually eternal. It's actually very interesting because he took that kind of negativity of not getting to achieve a goal and then you wanted to just focus on what really mattered most, right? So I, I love that. So what was it like writing it? Because I know that it came from a place of frustration. I just wanted to achieve a dream about being published in Young Blood. So I felt hurt at the process, but uh, I wanted to be positive and move on from that frustration. It's something that pushed me to write for Young Blood. Did it involve any rituals? Like very funny habits? Because I know writers that before they write, especially when they started writing in a place of frustration like you did, like they do some kind of exercise or like they light candles or they make sure that they write from 6 a.m. to 12 noon or something like that. Um, so do you have anything like that for an instance? I didn't. I only wrote three articles in three hours. Would you say that it had a lot to do with the passion or was it just because you were an experienced writer? It has something to do with the passion and also the frustrations that I experienced. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about your journey into becoming the writer you are today? Like if you bring us back to memory lane, like who was Sir Vicente Bilan of a couple of years ago, 20 years ago, did you always think that you would be a writer and more so a teacher? I actually joined the publication when I was in elementary, up to high school, then up to college. Then from there, uh, I joined different contests and competitions in journalism. Then it inspired me to write more. And of course, when I was in elementary, it was the time that I decided to become a teacher. Then it has been a dream to become a teacher because I really wanted to share my passion to write as well as the passion to teach and to inspire more lives. So you've been teaching ever since you got out of school or did you have other jobs? No, uh, right after graduation from college, I applied in Westbridge, a school for boys. Then I got hired. Then I had my two years of experience there teaching in a boys' school. Then after that, I transferred to Finma University of Iloilo. Looking back at this now, do you still have the same thoughts? Do you still have these wishes in mind? or I really would like to say that I have the same thoughts with what I wrote four years ago. But in this time of the pandemic, I personally wish for the world's healing and I want everything to get back to normal. Also, I wish for good health and that my family will be spared from contracting the virus. And uh, the very wish that I had right now is actually the world's healing. Thank you for that. I also hope for the same thing. And it's actually nice that you mentioned something about having the same thought because actually these wishes that you have are very universal and very long-lasting. In your essay, you said something about teaching as your first love. Can you tell us why and how did you develop this love for education and social impact? Actually, I've been teaching for almost 12 years already. And yes, teaching is my first love. I was actually in grade 6 when I decided to become a teacher because I... I really wanted to inspire uh, people and I wanted I really wanted to become an English teacher. I'm actually a firm believer that education is a great tool in breaking the cycle of poverty and I believe it's my mission to inspire students to love learning. And even though we are underpaid, uh, we can actually feel the 
the warmth and the love of the people around us, especially our students. Yes, and I admire you and all the teachers for that, actually, especially those in younger levels. I can't imagine how hard work it must involve, like stooping down to the level of five, six-year-olds in order to teach them. And so it's really so much about the calling. And I and I even applaud you for having that realization at such a young age. And what about your life now? I mean... Years have passed since your publication and since you started teaching. So how are things as a teacher at the moment? Although it's difficult to teach in this time because there are no face-to-face classes, we teachers have become more innovative teach in various platforms and modalities like online as well as blended and modular uh, type of learning. So in our school, Students learn through modules and we as teachers assist them in the best way we can. It's sad to say that I don't write regularly now because of my schedule, but I'm happy to get to share my skills to my students. Like at this time, I have a tutorial in writing and I teach students how to craft their essay properly. Now that you mentioned it, I'm actually interested in collaborating or something like that because we were creating a community of young blood writers. Wow, that's great. We're looking for people who want to post opportunities there, who are interested in sharing their experience, collaborating. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, now that you went into teaching, did anything change with regard to like previous notions or thoughts Now, maybe you thought, oh, teaching was this, and then when you actually went into it, it wasn't that? In my experience, I've learned that no amount of learning from self-help books can teach us how to become a great teacher. I think it's a matter of pursuing the passion and inspiring more lives as well as accepting individual differences and loving my students. What is something that you're looking forward to? Actually, it's our first Christmas in our new home. I am excited. But we're just going to celebrate our Christmas uh, uh, with my family. We will have dinner together, go to church. And of course, I'm giving gifts to my parents, nieces, and nephews. But we're just happy that it's our first Christmas in our new home. Thank you for sharing that and congrats on the new home. Now, I want to end this with a question and also some, some something that I think listeners would find helpful. What advice do you have for them, especially for those who might be celebrating Christmas away from their families or who've spent this year in frustration? I believe for people who will be celebrating Christmas away from home, They just have to stay strong and always remember that all their sacrifices will pay off in the end. And I know some of them chose to be away because they really wanted to give their family a better life. And for those who have lost their loved ones, just trust God's plan. And time will heal the wounds and scars of the past. I think for 2021, let's remain faithful to God and be resilient because everything will be possible if we hold on to God's plan. Wonderfully put. Thank you, Sir Vicente. And last, very, very last question. I want you to answer this with a spontaneity in mind. Like whatever comes into your head, that should be your answer. What are you most excited about? I'm actually excited of collaborating with people like you. Thank you for sharing Thank wonderful you. conversation with you. Thank you. Vicente Bilan is a proud educator and is passionate about writing and teaching. They are both his inspirations in living life to the fullest. Stay tuned for our special segment on Novid, an innovative and proactive contact tracing app with Jubagat Singh after the break.
Okay, that's it. Welcome to the Youngblood Podcast, Job. How are you? How have you been? I've been good. Thank you for having me. Honored to have you on the show. Thanks for making the time. So on our last episode, this guest, Max Bakulo, asked me at the very end of the podcast, he asked me what I was excited about. And I literally told him about this project that we've been working on for quite a while now. You've been working on for seven months now. And I thought it would be amazing to have you on the show in this special segment about Novid. And actually, on the same episode, earlier I had a call with the guest. And I asked him who or what makes him laugh the most. So I thought it would be fitting for me to ask you as well, who or what makes you laugh the most? For me, the thing that makes me laugh the most is when my my father tries to imitate other foreign accents. So like my dad, basically, like he he never went to college, and like he has like a, he has like a very very funny impersonation of how Westerners speak, and to me that's that's always hilarious. It never fails to crack me up. Very racist. It's very stereotypical. Not racist. Stereotypical, and I just find it hilarious. It's like it's clearly what he's only seen through a limited perspective of what uh, the Western world is. But it's still hilarious. I find it hilarious. I see. What's your favorite accent that he does? I really like his American accent. Okay, thanks for sharing. Um, so now let's dive into Novid. If you could explain it in just one simple sentence, like explaining it to a regular person, let's say someone out on the street, um, a tricycle driver or a jeepney driver, how would you explain Novid in one sentence and why? I think that Novid, if I just had to explain it in one sentence, it would be Novid is the first ever personal pandemic radar for COVID-19. And I would choose that particular phrasing of a, a, a COVID-19 radar because Novid enables you to see the threat of COVID before you even contract it, before you even get infected. And that's the whole point of the app. When did you discover this? Like what pushed you to advocate for it once you found out about it? Yeah, so uh, I discovered the app actually in um, in June, June or uh, late of May, by an Instagram story that I saw from another college peer that I have. I'm going to Harvard next year. And at that time, I thought I was going to matriculate. But that was before all of this immigration stuff happened. So through one of the stories of my future classmates, I saw that they were bringing Novid to Harvard. And I was like, this looks pretty cool. And I checked out the website and I was so sold on how the approach was. Like when I said earlier, the one short sentence, the, the COVID-19 radar, that really, really sold me on the idea of Novid. And I immediately started reaching out to them. It took a while to get to them because I think they were really busy at that time. But they got back to me eventually, like properly, that like we were in back and forth conversations by August. And since August, essentially till now, I've been working quite, quite vigorously for Novid. And what pushed mm-hmm. me to advocate for it was because it was, I think, the only technological solution that made sense in, this, in the case of the Philippines. First of all, Novid doesn't require much technological prowess or technological prerequisites for it to be operated on by the average citizen, which really, really helps. And also because not everybody has to download Novid for it to be effective. I I, I would say I would try to give a little more context to this for the viewers and listeners that don't aren't really familiar with how the, the app works. The app basically notifies you as an individual how far away COVID is by analyzing your personal networks. 
We know COVID spreads through the interactions that humans have with each other. The problem with our techniques beforehand was that we had very inefficient techniques of contact tracing that would try to predict these very highly complex interconnected networks that we have of interaction. And so NOVID, what it does is that it uses the mathematical principles of graph theory and network theory to model this highly complicated network. And it uses those principles to give a forecasting, a radar to the user of how far away the virus is based of their degree of separation from other people within their own network. Now, that sounds like a mathematical handful, but what it really just says is how, how far away is COVID for me in terms of relationships? And that sort of uh, mentality, that sort of innovation, because no other system in the entire world has managed to bring forth something like this, right? Like something that deals with the prevention side of things, something that people can proactively implement. That was really, really attractive for me. This was the first of its kind, this sort of app. And another thing that really pushed me to advocate for Novid was the fact that everyone benefits from using the app. The user, for the first time in their lives, can actually see a threat and act accordingly. The problem with previous response is that, let's say that a person gets infected by COVID, the point of contact tracing would then be to protect everyone else from that person. There's no measure to actually prevent the person from contacting the virus in the first place. And Novid serves that purpose so that when the user had Novid, they wouldn't have to quarantine in the first place because they would be protected from the virus. And at the same time, government institutions would actually like this app because it would lessen the burden of contact tracing on already overhauled and overworked health workers. And another thing was that this would also benefit the private sector because this would actually enable businesses to run more lucidly, more quickly, more efficiently, because people have been equipped with a mechanism into which they can see the future more precisely and more accurately, engage proper decisions and help make informed health decisions so that they don't contract the virus, actually revitalizing our economy. So the combination of these incentives for different people, coupled with the fact that I couldn't find any like plausible argument against why it shouldn't be used, that's what really, really motivated it for me. The cherry on the cake was for me was that Novid was a fully fledged solution, already worked out. The technology has been built. And the only thing that we had to do within the Philippines was to actually implement it within our localities. The problem with all of our other mechanisms within the Philippines was that a lot of them were built very rushed and are still not technologically developed, right? The apps that we have, the QR code scannings that we have, they often crash, they often give errors, they often miscalculate things. But Novid is actually built by a very, very impressive group of software engineers, mathematicians, and very, very high-class technical people from a very reputable university in the US. And that really, really helps in terms of making the entire system scale. That's the whole point. We, when we want an app like this, an health app, it needs to scale really, really quickly. And Novid was built to scale to every single user and make a huge impact within the community. So the fact that Novid almost presented itself to me as a solution handed on a silver platter, it was such a good package route, the app. I thought it was just begging to be implemented. Like It was almost as if it was morally wrong for me to know of something so good and not do anything about it to help, to help the status of the country. I still remember the night when I was just 
mindlessly scrolling through Facebook. And I found your video. I watched it and I clicked the link at the description box and I saw Novid. I'm a big fan of Potion Low. I'm an applied maths major, that's why. Um, Potion Low is just this overall genius that discovered so many things from formulas for pure maths. The, this app, I mean, this is just groundbreaking. Like you said, it's a breakthrough because it's completely different in the sense that it's a paradigm shift, right? And like you, I was immediately sold and I remember reaching out to you. I was very excited to get involved in quote-unquote saving the Philippines. Thanks for bringing me um, along this journey. I've had so much fun so far. And now let's go back to the app itself. So considering that, yeah, it's good, people download it. How does it work? Can you walk us through the process? Just to clarify, when, when you install Novid, when you install the app, it doesn't actually ask for a single bit of personal data. What we've realized is that no single system in the world can work, especially in a democracy, if it's asking a lot of personal information from a user. Nobody wants themselves to be known as a person who got infected by COVID. They don't want other people to know that they have the, the virus, right? But what they need to know, what people actually need to know is how much of a threat the virus is to them locally. So that presented a unique problem. Like how do we maintain anonymity while still solving that fundamental problem? And Novid has managed to answer that. And I'll explain to you how, how that works. But just to give it a very, very clear stance to the audience, Novid doesn't ask for a single bit of data. It's completely private. It's to you, to the user itself. And so there are obviously some, some fact-checking mechanisms with how the app is supposed to be installed and everything. So actually, let's, let's walk ourselves through a scenario. Let's say Novid's being implemented in a city. And I myself have, uh, have Novid on my phone and I test positive from COVID beforehand. So when I test positive from COVID, I'll be going to one of my testing centers. And within that testing center, they'll have a dashboard. In that dashboard, on the internet, which is on the Novid website for them locally, on that website, on that dashboard, they'll click a, a generate random token and I'll be able to input that token into my phone and verify my positive test result. This is how we maintain authenticity in a system where things can be highly manipulated by trolls, especially in the terms of like uh, anonymity. Right? Like you have all of these people giving a lot of um, sort of negative feedback into the app just for the sake of like, you know, Sometimes these irrational things happen. And so these, these sort of fact-checking mechanisms exist to ensure that Novid runs as factually and as efficiently as possible. And so once I test positive for COVID, all of the people who are spending a sustained period of time with me, they actually get notified. So let's say that my dad's sister or my aunt, I hadn't, I hadn't spent direct time with my aunt, but on her Novid phone, it'll say that somebody within the... A uh, second degree of your network has tested positive for COVID. That will show within that radar. If you, you can see all of this in the website, it's a little hard to describe in the podcast because it's a very vis visual thing. But in that graph, the second degree of the connection will actually go up. And that shows to my aunt that there's, there was a recent case, positive case that was actually very near to me. And that alerts my aunt. Like I have to be, I have to be on guard. I have to make sure that I'm taking public health seriously. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm distancing properly. Maybe I should actually uh, limit my interactions with other people. And so that's how it alerts, alerts people in terms of the network. And now my aunt's own network, the people that she works with, they might have my positive test result registered in their third or fourth or fifth uh, degree of separation bar graph. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does for me. I mean, I've, I've heard this speech like a couple of times, but I hope it does for the listeners. But here's the catch. It doesn't work without the support of an organization, a government, a community. Yeah, so that's the biggest uh, catch with Novid. The thing is, when you're having an innovation like this, that can genuinely serve the public good, it's important that we have the public officials actually regulating the system. Yeah, because like last time I checked, public officials were supposed to serve the public good. Uh, let's not try to get a little too controversial here, but let's go by that definition of what a public official is. And so those people will actually make sure that these positive test results are accurately being identified within the Novid system. And that gives in the government more work to actually ensure that this thing runs within the city. It's one thing to have an invention, an innovation, and another thing to implement it. There are two different feats that one must accomplish. Novid has already been invented. The, the process of implementation actually takes a lot of work. It requires heroes, champions of the service to work with the government, to convince the government to actually buy in and to make sure that they continuously update the system by verifying these positive test results. Otherwise, if you don't have a mechanism like that, the app is useless. And like everything else in the world, we have to work together to be able to meaningfully use technology for our advantage. Let's take the case of Bacolod City, since that's where you and I are from. Bacolod City impacts uh, uses this mechanism called Backtrack, which is basically a QR code scanning mechanism. And that program is actually being heavily uh, influenced by the government. Like they're putting a lot of effort into making sure that it runs. So the government is able to do these sort of things. And Novid actually just requires perhaps one thousandth of the effort that goes into maintaining backtrack. And it's already one thousand times more effective, informative, and analytical by nature and by virtue of the innovation of the app. So this sort of feat of government commitment is actually not that difficult to do. It's, it's very, very straightforward. And all you need are people that are willing to really make sure that it happens. And that's why I think that it's important to get the government into it because the government at the end of the day are the people that are going to regulate the system and your city. The people who are most tied with decisions made around COVID within the city as well. And what I love about it even more is the fact that you can't manipulate it. Once you have it, once the government gets that main program overseeing that radar, no one can really change things up. And so if someone's positive, it's going to show. And if it's not verified, if, it, if that person is not positive, you can't also say that, oh, this person is positive. Because I think with other apps that, like you said earlier, they're very prone to errors mistakes so for example knock on wood i get infected with novid and Job, let's say you and i meet somewhere and you're the guy checking if people are in fact infected with novid we have novid right and right. you see that oh someone's going closer to me and that person is positive you're in a sea of people you're not gonna know and then you're going to ask me, can you show me your code? I think you're positive. Let me verify that. And what's interesting about this app is that I myself don't know my code. I don't know my specific QR code. I don't know my username or even my password because it doesn't need any of that at all. It's, it's unique in the sense that once you get this, it's all done. Like you said, we just need to download it, like press a button for, for government officials controlling or overseeing the app. And I was actually wondering if this has been something that people you've worked in in the past were interested in. Are there any developments and what are um, any updates with regard to getting this implemented in certain communities? To give you a little bit of a history, I actually started with uh, trying to implement Novid in Bacolod City. But that was a little difficult of a process because I also understand that Bacolod has a lot of pressures 
within the government to implement really quick solutions. And I think it was just difficult for that for me to be able to convince an audience of really, really high-ranking government officials that uh, Novid was a viable solution, even though we had sustained conversations and multiple conversations with them. It was just a little difficult because of the fact that, A, I was like a very new face to all of them, and that B, Novid is an app that didn't originate and stem from the Philippines. So I definitely understand the apprehension there. And so what I thought was that maybe I should try a different approach. If it doesn't work in Bacolod, that, does, that doesn't mean that I should give up entirely. And that's when I tried to approach other municipalities around Bacolod City. And so I, I approached one this one mayor that I knew from like other contacts in a small municipality called Don Salvador Benedicto, which is a, a third-class municipality region or fourth class or something within within Negros Occidental. So it's a place that doesn't have much prosperous uh, rain, and it's not very uh, prosperous in general. It doesn't have a high GDP, but it was a place that was really willing to implement a new technology to see how it works within their town. And so after working with the mayor there, we actually managed to deploy it there for a trial month through December. Now, that itself has presented unique challenges because not everybody there in Don Salvador Benedicto, which is situated in the mountains, has stable internet access or phones that support Novid app. Which, to counter that point, I just have, I have to make this clear. Novid doesn't actually require sustained internet access for it to run. You just need to download the app. The app actually runs through Bluetooth and ultrasound. But it updates the system if you can connect at least once a week to the internet, which for most people is plausible. That's a plausible outcome to be able to connect to the internet at least just once a week. And the other thing is that not everybody has to download Novid. Because again, this works as a network, right? Even if you just have 20% people of the network using the app, they are already influencing their own networks in an indirect way. So in by, by virtue of the theory, by virtue of logic, you'll start to see that the entire network is actually much safer than it was originally. That's why we were able to pitch it to a place like Don Salvador Benedicto, which doesn't have much technological progression for innovation and Wi-Fi internet access, is because Novid could still work in a region like that. And we're trying hard to make sure that the trial runs runs successfully so that we can um, renew the contract. And if it doesn't, then we learned uh, key new insights as to which specific phone models don't support Novid, or what other techniques we can use to implement it better within more metropolitan regions within the Philippines. So that's that's within Negros Occidental. I've also tried reaching out to other municipalities, but then again, that process takes a lot of time because you'll soon realize that a lot of the country is run in a very bureaucratic manner. Time is usually eaten up tra- just trying to set up a meeting with a government official in the first place. But by the virtue of like how innovative that was, I kept on trying to persist. And yeah, I'm still trying to find other places in Negros Occidental and Oriental to be able to implement a service like this. The other exciting thing is that we were actually now working with the Global Shapers Hub of the World Economic Forum in Manila. Global Shapers Hub is basically a subset, I think, of the World Economic Forum, and they work towards um, promoting uh, sustainable projects and meaningful, impactful projects that can help the community. And so we were able to convince some shapers there that this was a really, really good service and that they basically we got their buy-in and now we're working with them as a partnership with the Global Shapers Hub of Manila. And we're working with them to hopefully influence more local networks within Manila, local LGUs within Manila and Luzon. That's that's the progress so far. And the hope is by utilizing this more broader international organization within the Global Shapers community, we'll be able to generate even more momentum for Novid at the national and even like much more broader level. You've been working on this for the last six, seven months, right? 
Yes. So I'm sure you learned a couple of lessons. Like you mentioned earlier, if it's all right with you, I'd love to know what these lessons are with regard to working on getting Novid implemented and more so being in touch with the core team of Novid, especially the founder and the lead developer himself, Dr. Potion Lo. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned from Professor Po and working by Novid in general, is that the world is extremely broken. I don't want to sound like a pessimist, because I'm really not. I'm actually one of the most optimistic people out there. But in terms of how the world is actually run, how decisions are made, it's far too slow and far too, um, let's say, complacent with the status quo. The problem is there's a lot of people that want change. There's a lot of people that want things to actually be different. They want to implement services like Novid, Novel, innovative solutions like Novid. But unfortunately, do not invest the time, dedication, and sort of requirements to be able to bring forth something like this, to actually give it a sustained period of time. I respect that. A lot of people have their own uh, lives to live, right? Like everybody has their jobs. And especially during a pandemic, there's a host of other issues that might prevent somebody from actually like going really, really hardcore with this. But the unfortunate reality is that for Novit to be able to progress forward, you really need a couple of people who are willing to put a sustained and very, very useful and effective use of the time to be able to push this innovation forward. In terms of like what I've learned is that you don't need a lot of people for Novit to generate momentum. You just need a couple of people that you know within your network. Even if you don't know, the greatest contribution you could have is if you know somebody who does know somebody or maybe you know somebody within your own network that is that can show a lot of dedication and um, contribution to the service. I think that the important thing to know is that you can contribute in many ways to Novid or any sort of innovation, not just by joining the organization itself, but by giving contacts to people in the organization through LGUs, etc. So that was one crucial lesson that I learned because I was always under the illusion that you needed a lot of people to be able to run this sort of thing. And then I realized that you really don't. You just need like five or ten people that are actually really, really, really dedicated to be able to get this to run. And then the other thing that I realized was that innovation is brutally difficult. That's just like a fact because like everybody's so used to how the world works right now that it's hard for them to envision a new sort of system taking place in the first place. And that's in part because of the older generations that are running the country. And also because that's just like historically how things have been. It's always hard for innovation to sort of leech in in the first place and generate momentum. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. It's actually one of the things that I've realized that it's up to us young people, up to us dedicated, energetic young people who want to see a different Philippines, who want to see a different place where we live, to actually be able to generate the change and generate the momentum for this to sustain throughout the country. That's my another point is that people feel like, oh, I'm young, I'm in high school, I'm in I'm in college, I can't do anything. That's not true at all. Your energy, your commitment. And if you do these things, you will find ways to be able to contribute. The people that will drive the change are the young people and enthusiastic people that actually want to see it happen. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I just want to go back to what you said about how you learned that the world is innately cruel. Like, that's just how it is, right? And I love how Potion Lo, the founder, actually incorporated that in the app itself because he shifted the whole paradigm wherein 
he realized that people are not gonna quarantine because they're sick. I mean, yeah, you're gonna quarantine eventually, but you're gonna feel bad about it. He said something about how he wanted people to really feel good and feel like they thought about quarantining. And about what you said with regard to being young and uh, and thinking that you're not, you know, being able to do all these things, right? But um, but I think it's also more important. To, to also just tap in and self-reflect. Just older people kind of expect kids to do something or to contribute. And yeah, I mean, for sure, I love that. But, you know, there's, there's also that beautiful contradiction of that. You don't have to. You just have to want to. I like it how you said if you think that you can't, you're, you're not necessarily like pushing people. If you're young, you're energetic. You have these abilities and skills. Do something. Thanks for sharing those. Um, what do you want to say to our listeners who might want to get involved? Yeah. So first of all, whoever is interested, reach out to me. Like I, I'm just going to be straightforward with it. I'm a very approachable person. I try to respond as quickly as I can to anybody who's actually genuinely interested in contributing to something like this. Besides that, I have to really clarify what it means to be able to get involved. There's a lot of people that are really, really interested, but the thing is they don't have the ability to get involved because of other time constraints, whether that be through work or school or all of these other things, which I completely respect. Like the only reason like I could spend a lot of time with Novit is because I'm currently on a gap year. So I have a lot of free time and I don't expect everybody to be like me that has a lot of free time and be able to like contribute to this. But what you can do if you're in a crux for time is find people who are able to give a lot of effort and a lot of interest to this app. So you could contribute by giving us more connections or more networks or contacts to be able to connect with and converse with and potentially work with for Novid. And that way you can actually contribute something huge and meaningful to the development of Novid and this innovation within our country. So that's one way that you can get involved with indirectly. It's very important for people to realize that there are so many ways that you can get involved to this sort of thing. And that's one way that you can do without given the constraints that a lot of people have. And then the other way, of course, is if you're genuinely interested in taking ownership for this thing, then you can actually work with me. And I, we have like a pretty solid team now of other people within the Philippines that are interested in this sort of thing. And we can actually introduce you to them and we can actually work together and give you more insight on how the app works and how you can start approaching your LGUs and your governments and actually are making arguments for the app. And I can attest, like I've been working with Droob for more than a month now. And it's been fun. It's been interesting meeting people from different backgrounds, from politicians to doctors to mathematicians. Even if we don't get anything in return, like with, you're in a good college, you, you don't need this, you know, to pad your resume or anything. But the lessons you learn, the fulfillment you get, and the people you meet are more than enough, I think, to, to keep you staying. And so I'm really interested and excited in seeing how far this will go. And actually, I, I also want to ask you about this because there are news about the vaccines being rolled out in the US, I think in other countries as well. So where do you see Novid fitting in? Would there still be a need for Novid? Excellent question. But before I answer that, let me just uh, extend to what you were saying beforehand, because I thought it was really, really good. That Because like, I'm also an economics like person. I'm very interested in the field of economics. And I understand that people are ultimately selfish actors. So for those that are, like, let's say, that are not motivated by just simple altruism, even in terms of your selfish actions, the way that you can get involved with Novid will op give you an opportunity to be connected to top-level politicians, top-level members of private sector in ways that you could have never thought or dreamed of. So in that sense, you are still actually building your network for the future within when, when you start 
living your professional life or when you want to expand your professional life or whatever within the country. So even in a completely selfish view, you'll still gain a lot. And I think just like talking about vaccines, vaccines are extremely exciting. Don't get me wrong. I'm very, very optimistic with the, the efficacy ratings of vaccines like Moderna and Pfizer and all of these really like big companies. But I don't think vaccines are the ultimate solution. And let me explain to you why. The reason why is that, first of all, uh, we, we still haven't had enough sort of like information on how long the, the vaccines are valid for. So we don't know the actual dosage requirements for people. And if it comes to the case that a lot of these vaccines will require multiple dosages per year, it becomes a huge question of cost for the government. How do we afford vaccines that require multiple dosages for every single member of the population and provide it at a low cost? So that's a lot of questions and a lot of problems that need to be solved. And I guarantee you those things will take a lot of time to be able to work themselves out. Also because of the manufacturing capabilities, etc. of doses. And I think that Novid, if not then, now has an even stronger reason to be used. Because if you think about Novid, Novid is essentially a digital vaccine. Novid is a prevention measure for COVID-19, except not everybody has to get vaccinated for it to work, right? Novid actually just needs like 20 or 30% of the population, already the entire network of the population by virtue of graph theory is already safer. And so that's the great thing about Novid is that it doesn't require all of these high feats of vaccination and all of these periods of waiting. It's something that we can take on right now. Right. It's a solution that we can implement literally right now at this very moment, very minute, very second, not wasting a single breath or a single more life within this country and actually save and alter the status quo to leave a better future and better defeat, ultimate defeat of the spread of COVID-19 within this country. One thing that I have to mention, because if I didn't mention this, I would be avoiding the 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 issues with COVID response within this country. The Philippines is known to have very less testing. And we know that testing is critical for a country to know whether COVID has been defeated or not. And even in the case where Philippines has less testing, Novid actually amplifies every single test result. And how does it do it? By graph theory again. This is the genius of the app. is because it uses things like graph theory, mathematical realities, existing axioms about how... Uh, things work and amplifies how the tests are responded within the network. So even if, let's say you have a positive test result and it's very rare, the contact traces can only get to so many people, source of contact in their limited time through these, perhaps these mobile apps or manual contact traces, which is the reality for many parts of the country. But Novid automates all that before it actually happens. It does this to all of it through graph theory and all of these things. So it actually gives everybody a prevention notification in the first place. Novid is already four, five, 10,000 steps ahead of all these other systems. And they actually amplifies the value of each scarce COVID test that we have in, in this country in the first place. One, I think the final thing that I really, really want to emphasize is that Novid is a solution that we can take on right now. Like many people in this country, I am sick of waiting. I'm sick of staying locked in every single time and not being able to venture outside and live life. Nobody wants to stay locked in. That's the reality. And Novid is a thing that we can actually take right now and completely change the tide. Vaccines are not a magical silver bullet. I am so excited for vaccines. In fact, I think I know more about vaccines than a lot of people here. It's because I keep myself updated on all of these things very, very regularly. And by far, I'm not dismissing the science because I actually respect the level of science that goes behind producing a vaccine in less than nine months. Mm -hmm. 
And mm -hmm. I respect the people that have worked tirelessly to make that a reality. But the thing is, a lot of the factors within the vaccine production, vaccine distribution are far too complex for us to comprehend in the first place, for us to be able to predict. What we need to do is take action right now. And th those things, the, the hope that people have for vaccines is good. But the thing is, if you hope too much based off your emotions and not based off the facts, you'll be gravely disappointed to see that nothing's actually changed, which is a reality. And so what I'm trying to say is that instead of hoping for a better future, let's act on a better today. Like, don't get too focused on where you want to be, that you forget to improve where you are now. Exactly. And the future is dictated by the present. That's by virtue of the logic of how time flows, right? And by the present, we actually have a system that can combat this extremely effectively, extremely innovatively. And so we need to actually act here now. No time wasted. I've heard this a million times, but, you know, it just keeps me excited. And my last question, just to end this on a lighter note, what are you most excited about right now? Yeah, so I am excited about the power of the people. So I'm actually interested in how we can build a better tomorrow through the collective good and the collective interest of the average citizen. While I respect the government, I respect everyone, I really am interested in how, how much influence and how much motivation people have in strive for a better future. And that's, that's, that's keeping me really, really motivated and happy in terms of a broader philosophical level. But in terms of what's like keeping me alive sometimes is my dog. Like, I, I just have to say that outside. It's like when, when a lot of these things happen and bad things happen and I haven't seen my friends in basically eight months, my dog just reminds me that there's somebody there in the house that I can, doesn't understand me, doesn't understand the language that I speak, but he understands me so well. I, I, it's hard to explain <laughs> But it's like it's like that one source of comfort that's always smiling and is always there. And especially in a time where things are so messed up and things are always like seeming horrible, that one source of happiness just makes a huge difference in my life. Yeah, we don't deserve dogs. They're they're angels. They're angels. I completely agree. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Jubagat Singh, or Jube for short, was born and raised in Bacolod City and is currently on a gap year set to attend Harvard next fall. In his free time, he enjoys watching anime and working on Novid. For more information about Novid, please visit www.novid.org. And if you are interested in collaborating with Jube and his Novid team, please reach out to him on Instagram at Jube16. That's at D-H-R-U-B-1-6. This has been the Youngblood Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions as to which works to feature on our next episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or to DM us on Instagram. We're also on other social media platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter, so if you want, please go ahead and give us a follow. We appreciate each and every one of you. I'd also like to thank everyone who's been with us since day one. You guys are the real heroes behind this podcast. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Thank you very much. This has been Leah Angela Shoko. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>